It's another Tuesday evening on 97.3 City FM. And if you're ready, well, it's time for us to have conversations around technology and the tech ecosystem. This is City Trends. On the show today, we have quite a conversation coming your way. My name is Philip Sean, and you're welcome to City Trends. You can be a part of the conversation on WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. Today, we're talking about Ghana's Payment Systems and Services Act. Lessons for the tech businesses that exist within this space. And the studio with me is Kofi Owusu Nshua, who's a private legal practitioner with a lot of knowledge around this particular act. We are trying to understand why, how we've gotten to this point, what lessons there are for you to learn as a tech business. And of course, if you have any questions that are lingering in your mind on this particular subject, you can share them with us on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. Alternatively, you can get in touch with us using the hashtag CityTrends. That is C-I-T-I-T-R-E-N-D-S. Well, if you're ready, let's get straight into the conversation. The 987th Act of the Parliament of the Republic of Ghana entitled Payment Systems and Services Act 2019, an act to amend and consolidate the laws relating to payment systems, payment services, and to regulate institutions which carry on payment service and electronic money business and to provide for related matters. Date of assent 13th May 2019, passed by Parliament and assented by the President. Application of this Act. This Act applies to A, a bank, 
specialized deposit-taking institution, a dedicated electronic money issuer, a payment service provider, an affiliate of a bank, a specialized deposit-taking institution or a financial holding company, and an agent of a bank specialized in deposit-taking institution, um, a dedicated electronic money issuer or a payment service provider. That is basically what this act is supposed to do. But how did we get here in the first place? Remember that this show is sponsored by First National Bank and we are proud to have them on as sponsors. In the studio with me is Kofi Owusu-Nsho, who is a private legal practitioner who has quite a bit of knowledge in this area. And so we brought him to come and give us some understanding of this particular act. Kofi, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's a real pleasure to have you. Now, let's get straight into it. How did we get to this point where we needed an act to basically uh, map out what exactly we're doing within the payment systems and, and services? Right, Philip. Thanks for having me. Uh, more than a decade ago, uh, the concept of payment systems became rife in Ghana. Mm. Um, different kinds of institutions came into the space, um, helping financial institutions, including banks, you know, to perform all sorts of mobile-related banking services. If you remember, um, we, we had SMS banking, so you'd typically send an SMS syntax to a certain short code, yeah. and then you wait for a couple of minutes, and then your message will come to you with your bank balance and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Around that period, the Bank of Ghana, around 2006 thereabouts, um, worked towards having the very first uh, payment Systems Act. Okay. So, indeed, in the course of our conversation, you will understand that this is uh, the, the second Payment Systems Act, mm. which has come to repeal the very first. Right. Okay. So, that Payment Systems Act essentially sought to set up the Ghana Interbank Payment and Settlement System, GIPS. Yes. Mm. Um, sequel to that, um, we had a number of companies come into the space, the e-transacts. Those days, you know, we had text and pay and, <laughs> right. and stuff like that. Um, so the Bank of Ghana thought that this was more towards branchless banking. Right. Because essentially, what these technology companies were doing, um, you know, were to essentially empower customers of the banks to be able to use their mobile phones to transact banking activities remotely. Right. So the Bank of Ghana came up with what they call the branchless banking guidelines. Okay. And, and the, the, the branchless banking guidelines had some basic tenets. It's important um, we deal with that because mm. essentially, as at that time, this around 2008, 2009, the Bank of Ghana said that if a technology company wanted to do anything in the space under the branchless banking guidelines, you needed to have three things. One, you needed to have a minimum of two banks who were going to be your bank partners. Okay. Um, and this is important because when we fast forward to present day, you'll see the same concept still playing out. Secondly, the Bank of Ghana said that every bank, uh, every transaction that you did had to be bank-based. Mm. And I'm sure you can understand why. Essentially, it stops money laundering and all sorts of... Um, uh, practices that can, you know, uh, turn out to be systemic risk to the economy. Yeah. Then, you know, somewhere around 2010, with the advent of mobile money and all these other institutions, the Bank of Ghana came up with the e-money guidelines, the e-money issuers guidelines. Mm. 
in all of this, what you realize is that the, the industry kept changing, you know, constantly. And so the Bank of Ghana, very proactive, kept coming up with guidelines and directives that sought to uh, govern the space. So um, the weaknesses of the um, of the e-money issuers guidelines, which principally dealt with um, essentially the mobile money companies alone, mm-hmm. um, um, gave rise to the Payment Systems and Services Act. And, and here in the Act, the Bank of Ghana actually anticipates several players, which I'm sure we, we will go That's into, yeah. um, fintechs and banks who want to play the mobile money space mm-hmm. and uh, mobile money companies themselves, whether they are telco-led or they are private-led mm. um, companies and so on. I see. Well, I mean, it, 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 it's great that at least the Bank of Ghana realized probably where the faults were and then tried to work around that. But I'm just wondering, like, the changes keep happening. Today, there, there's an improvement. Today, there's an innovation. Like, how is the Bank of Ghana, for example hoping to keep up? Or are we just going to see probably amendments to this act like every couple of months? Because it's just, the changes are going to happen regardless. So so typically what the Bank of Ghana or various central banks across Africa um, typically do in such scenarios is to issue directives subsequent Mm. to these acts of parliament. Mm. So sequel to this you know act being passed there will be many directives and as a matter of fact there has been several directives during the that, covid period for absolutely. example yeah and okay. which will seek to um get ahead of the curve and make sure that um, innovation doesn't totally overtake um, regulation yeah. yeah that's 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 important that was one of the key issues that i always found interesting now so now we've gotten to this point where the payment systems and services act basically has come into effect what are the key issues that this act is looking to address? Well, that's a very good question. Um, well, part of it you read in your long title mm. when you were um, starting, starting the, yeah. you know, the conversation. Essentially, there are payment systems, there are payment services, yeah. um, there are various players who provide electronic money business. Mm-hmm. All these entities have been anticipated by the central bank and so this act essentially um, seeks to regulate how they operate within the space. Mm-hmm. Um, this act also sets out very clearly um, the types of licensing regimes mm-hmm. that exist for players who want to participate in this space. Um, here in this act the Bank of Ghana has carefully um, anticipated that there could be banks or, if you like, institutions who are regulated by Act 930, mm. that is the Specialized Deposit Taking Institutions Act, mm-hmm. um, wanting to play in the space of e-money. Okay. There are um, players like fintechs who will essentially serve as either aggregators or innovation providers. They have been clearly... Uh, provided for within the act. Mm. So principally, the the act, you know, Act 987, um, sets in proper perspective the various roles that the various players um, who are allowed to play in the as space supposed to are supposed to operate. To, exactly. And operate by. So, so proper frameworks have been um, created for the various players in the space. So, you know, and very clear demarcations. And so, 
Um, it deals with part of the issues that you discussed last week on your mm. show. Um, here in the, in the Act, uh, certain provision is made to prevent um, various anti-competitive um, practices by various players within the space. I see. I see. Well, one of the things also that often came up, and I just wanted to get your opinion, what was the level of consultation between the Bank of Ghana and the players within the space? Because, I mean, there are sometimes often conversations about how some laws are enacted and, you know, there's not a lot of um, consultation with the people who are actually on the ground making things happen. Pair your knowledge of what has happened or what has occurred over the period. What was the level of consultation with the players in the, in the, in the space, in the fintech space especially? Um, Philip, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the laws that has had the most thorough mm. um, industry consultation. As a matter of fact, if you go through the act, you would think that the industry players themselves <laughs> wrote, wrote the act, right. you know. Um, very thorough conversations. We have had various workshops with the central bank. The central bank has been very collaborative mm. you know, in this, in this space. Uh, one of the most important things for me during um, the assembling of the various provisions that went into the act uh, was the Bank of Ghana's position um, you know, as regulators who were willing to learn. Mm. Um, you know, we have participated in similar events in other jurisdictions and the regulator typically comes to the table with the, you know these are my terms accepted or move exactly mm. the bank of ghana took a rather very um, um conservative um, laid-back position and sort sort of tried to understand the player's perspective mm. and consulted consulted the telecommunication companies the fintechs mm. Uh, the private players who participated in the space as either consultants and so on. Um, there were interventions from various subsidiaries of the World Bank mm. and other donor agencies. And, and, you know, so it was very thoroughly done, which is why I think we have one of the best pieces of regulations um, for a very burden fintech industry across Africa. Yeah, I mean, it's a benchmark now. They always say that it's one thing to have the law. It's another thing completely ensuring that, you know, the law is followed. Mm. But that one is for um, later conversations. But for you, um, as an industry person, as, as a legal practitioner, what are some of the key highlights of, you know, the law that, you know, for you, jump out at you, especially for tech businesses, you know, within the space? Uh, well, Philip, I think that I mentioned from the beginning of the conversation that... Now, if you go through the act very clearly, um, if you are already a financial institution that is regulated by Act 930, mm. the law says that you can have authorization to do electronic money business okay. for you to be either an e-money issuer or a payment service provider. Mm. These definitions are contained within the act essentially who is an e-money issuer mm. and who is a payment service provider right now within the e-money issuer framework there are two types okay. entities like i said who are already regulated by the bank of ghana and so all they require is a, an authorization and mobile money companies for example who would require licensing right. to be able to come under this act and there are permissible activities clearly demarcated for them within the act. Okay. Now, 
There are also payment service providers. Of course, like I said, um, you know, regulations subsequent to the Bank of Ghana's, um, well, to the act being passed, yeah. um, have set out for us the various types of payment service providers that there are. So there are about um, four categories. Okay. We have the payment scheme, mm -hmm. that's the fintechs or the players who deal with cards. Right. Then there is the enhanced PSPs. Okay. The enhanced have um, broader, you know, a broader scope to work within. And later we will go into the, you know, the requirements or mm -hmm. the qualifications. Mm. Uh, but essentially, an enhanced PSP um, does stuff that a medium PSP may not be able to do. Right. So the the third category is a, a medium PSP, and then there's a fourth, which is a standard PSP, which is a very exciting area for young people, for persons who are trying to get into the um, the fintech space with all sorts of innovative apps. The Bank of Ghana has essentially removed almost all caps, as it were. Uh -huh. So all they require is a very uh, low jump um, to be able to get a license mm. because within the categories that I've talked about, there, you know, there are various forms of um, self-regulation loops that have been created. So standard PSPs, which is about the, the smallest category, mm -hmm. um, are regulated somewhat by the enhanced PSPs. Mm. Um, and so... It allows so for innovation. It allows for young people to mm. be able to get a yeah. license and get into the space and innovate. roll out their apps, innovate, and mm. so on. Mm. And allow for other PSPs who are also entrepreneurs and business people who understand the ecosystem to regulate them. Yeah. So these people don't have to necessarily work to Bank of Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very interesting system of checks and balances. Absolutely. And, and that's the innovation that the central bank was able to bring to the table mm. as far as this act is concerned. Let's get into what it takes for one to qualify for the various, you know, segues that you talked about. So if we can get just get into that. What 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 will it take for someone, anybody at home wanting to start, you know, a business of, you know, either being an e-money transaction, whatever, to get into it, if you can 